today on The Breakdown. It's not too often you play one hand of poker for $2.4 million, but a few months ago, that's exactly what Christoph Vogelsang and Jake Schindler did in the $300,000 buy-in Aria Super High Roller Bowl. They were heads up for all the money, and man, oh man, one big hand determined everything. We're going to break it down right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. All right, it's Super High Roller Bowl time. It's been a long time, man, since we did a Super High Roller Bowl hand. No, it hasn't been. Oh. It's been like a month. What did we do? We did the Pratush Badiga oh, aces yeah. hand against Schindler. It's well, who eights. can know? We went to Vegas. We came back. It's like that counts as a long time. It's a lot happened. Distance and time are the same thing. A me. lot happened at that in that Vegas trip. That's for sure. Right. So, But we're talking about what was happening in Vegas when these Super High Rollers were all playing against each other in this capped out tournament only 48 players get to enter right a lot happened in that time though like friends became enemies enemies became friends yep. some people might not have made it back people learned things it's amazing yep. anyway yeah sorry you were saying there's gonna be an indie movie about it for sure <laughs> <It'd be great. laughs> um i was saying as you mentioned in the opening this is a 300k buy-in so this is a big deal tournament and it's doesn't have slots for everybody who wants to play a lot of right. really good players wanted to play they lost the lottery. Players like Adrian Mateos didn't get to play this. And now we get down to heads up, and it's two of the most elite players in the world, as you would expect. Yeah, I mean, often you're going to get, yeah, in this kind of format, the very, very best. Uh, last year, it was our Rainier Kempe, Rainier Kempe against Federholtz. The year before that, it was Scott Seaver against Brian Rast, I think, yeah. for all the money. Uh, so, yeah, you're just seeing like some of the very best and most accomplished people ultimately end up fighting for the crown. Right, and there's so much money on the line. Now, of course, these guys probably don't have all of themselves, but either way, they have a big stake of themselves. It's also possible a deal was made because not everyone wants to play for two point four million. But I we, don't. But we don't. I mean, I'd love to have the opportunity to play for that much. Sure. Money, but yeah, I'd rather not be on the turn of a card having it decide one way or the other whether I make the big cash or not there. Um, but so, but they very well may have been playing for two point four million. Also, we don't know. But there was a lot of money at stake either way, for sure. You know what would be a lot of money? Hmm. 2.4 million Bitcoin. Whoa, that, that would be a crazy amount. That would be a crazy amount of money. You know why I say that? I don't. Because I want to talk about Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. But how do those things relate, Grant? Well, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room is a Bitcoin-only poker site, which oh. has a multitude of benefits for poker players, such as yeah. lightning fast withdrawals. Go on. That's that's the main one. That's oh, my okay. favorite one. I mean, fast deposits, too. But when you win a tournament or you win big in a cash game, you want to get that money sometimes. You don't just want to leave it online, right? And um, no. a lot of other sites will make you wait, even if you withdraw in Bitcoin, at least 24 hours. Yeah, often more than that. Nitrogen is talking 10 minutes, t 25 minutes if things are slow. Sometimes three or four minutes when things are fast. It's yeah. It's pretty sweet. And that's your money. You yeah, need it, you right? You get it. As many, as many times as you want to withdraw a deposit, bam, you yep. just do it. There's it's no awesome. Limit. There's no limit to the amount. There's no limit to the amount of times you can withdraw. It's great. And the software is really good. It's all housed on your computer, not as external software. It's just on the browser. Right. So that's pretty sweet as well. It's also where the poker guys play. Right. We play on Nitrogen. So you can join us for Sit and Goes, which we play regularly. We play tournaments sometimes. We play cash sometimes. It's pretty sweet. And also, if you use the link in the description of this podcast, which you should really do. You absolutely have to I do mean, that or on. else you're not allowed to listen anymore. Let's just do that one yeah. time, maybe. Uh, then you also are eligible to join in the Poker Guys free rolls, which we're going to have 
Um, we've been having actually for months now. They're usually every week. We have a big one at the end of the month. There's going to be other stuff coming as well. So Sit get and goals that you can play with us. To find us, you can find the avatars that look like drunk babies because we have special avatars. Well, in fairness, uh, you look like a drunk baby. Yeah, you look like an anti-Semitic cartoon. Yes. Yeah. So... So, you know, watch So yourself. that's what you got. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you end the nitrogen ad. Yeah, right there. <laughs> uh, it's always a winner to end on anti-Semitic cartoon. Yes. No question. Pretty good. All right. So let's talk about the hand here. Yeah. We are heads up and the chip counts are relatively even. We have Schindler with 7.9 million and Vogelsang with 8.7 million and it's 50K, 100K. So they're deep. Vogelsang has been running really good in this heads-up match. Schindler almost had him out twice. One time Schindler flopped top set against Vogelsang's gut shot. Vogelsang called, I believe, on flop and turn, got there on the river, uh, and and, uh, doubled through him. And then later doubled, and actually just a few hands ago, in terms of uh, the timing of this hand we're about to do, doubled up when Vogelsang... uh, Raised from the big blind with king-jack suited after Schindler had limped the button with ace-king. Schindler re-raised with ace-king, Vogelsang called. The flop was two diamonds, like ten high. Vogelsang checked. Schindler bet small. Vogelsang called, which seemed like a great spot for Vogelsang just to move in and win the pot, but he didn't. Turn was an offsuit ace, and everything got interesting. When check, bet, call again. River was a diamond, and somehow Vogelsang gets there. He only had 2.2 million left, and there was 15 million in play. It was a crazy thing. He checked again. Uh, Schindler moved in, and Vogelsang, of course, called with the second nuts and doubled up. So Schindler's like almost won this thing twice already. Sometimes you can't beat the run good. Yeah. You know, that's just what happens. But still, he's got almost as many chips as Vogelsang. Still definitely a big shot with 79 blinds. No doubt. It's a great spot for both these players. Right. And there's a bit of a weird thing with the way they do the antis in this tournament. So the pot's a bit weird. It is 50K, 100K. But the ante is all paid by one player, and they don't adjust that for when it gets shorthanded. Right. So they pay as many as a full ring would pay. Yep, and they pay one big blind's worth of ante. So when you're the big blind, you pay two big blinds every time you're the big blind. Yeah, that's how so it works. So at 50k, 100k, Schindler is going to limp on the button with Jack Eight of Hearts. Seems normal. Yep. Vogelsang is going to check the big blind with Ten Seven Offsuit, Ten of Spades, Seven of Clubs. I'm cool with also it. Also seems normal. But even though it's 50k, 100k, there's 300k in the pot right. because of the huge ante situation. Yeah. Right. So that's where we're at heading to this flop. So far, it doesn't seem like anything crazy is going to happen, right? I mean, this is just a normal Seems whatever. Seems fine. Walk in the park, you know, watching some poker. I mean, you know what? One guy could flop two pair and the other guy could flop a straight. That'd be interesting. That could happen. That would be a cooler flop. But that it wouldn't happen. be a breakdown flop usually in that case. No, it's hard. Not I mean, we did, we did recently release a podcast that was definitely a cooler, but somehow had a lot of really interesting inflection points. That was the Johnny backhand set, set under set against Gordon Vale. There's at least a tiny chance we're going to do the super cooler Vanessa Selbst uh, Gail Bauman hand from the World Series that just happened yesterday or two days ago as well, even though that is a super cooler just because it's an interesting spot and right. something we, we want to talk about some concepts in there, but we'll see. Anyway, this is not a cooler flop. Right. I'm just going to spoil that for you. Nice. The 300K pot, the flop is three of hearts, ten of clubs, deuce of hearts. No, it's not deuce of hearts. It's no, deuce it's of not. diamonds. I just wrote that wrong. That's fine. Just did a real bad job there. Yeah. So I apologize to everybody who Thank had to you. listen to me do we that. We appreciate your apology. Yeah, but... You don't really forgive, though, do you? There's no forgiving anything. We appreciate the fact that you apologized. Okay. We don't doesn't excuse the deed. The deed is never excused. I, I I don't like it, but I understand it. Yeah, you have to understand. Yeah, okay. That's how things work. Anyway, 10 deuce, 3 rainbow. <laughs> there is one heart. So Schindler flops two back doors with Jack 8 of hearts, and Vogelsang flops top hair. Yep. So not exactly a cooler. No. No. Uh, Vogelsang checks. He could bet here because there was no action pre-flop other than a limp. He could just take the initiative and bet here. Yeah. 
Maybe he expects Schindler's going to bet a ton on the super dry board, so he might as well try to get that action instead of just chasing him away. Um, I don't know. Well, the thing about Vogel saying that we should talk about at least for a second is he is as GTO as it gets for these things. He's also considered, by the way, the best six max player in the world. Yeah, I heard that. That's and, cool. Uh, but he plays as close to GTO as I think um, people really do. And so he's going to have his ranges as balanced as possible. So he's the guy who, if you don't know what to do, you, I mean, everything's the same. You could sort of be indifferent because he's going to be hyper balanced. I'm That's, sure he plays exploitively against players too, don't get me wrong. But anytime against good players, I think it's almost like it doesn't matter what your choices are, you're going to be wrong. I mean, that would be <laughs> that would be hard to play against. Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. For... If you have any if you have any places where you're not balanced and if he's perfectly balanced, he's going to slowly chop you up over time. That's what it means. Yeah, and I guess that helps you be the best 6-max player in the world because you enter into so many marginal situations in right. a high-stakes 6-max cash game. Right. And of course, if you can also play exploitatively, which I'm sure he can, you know, you know when to turn that on to take yeah. take advantage of someone who's going to be really highly unbalanced. That's great. It is great. Anyway, he checks, so that must be it went through the whole computer and calculator in his right. head, and he's like, "This is a check. I shall check." He's kind of like Veilbot German version, except you know better, except good. Yeah. Ouch. Ooh. I Sorry. Hope, I hope Gordon's not a listener. It's okay if he is. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, you deserve that one, Gordo. You know it. I don't know if he does. I mean, he, no, he, he, played, he played in a way that was infuriating to watch, but I don't know if he's a bad guy. No, I'm sure he's a good guy in terms of like, I'm sure he's a perfectly good poker player, right? Yeah. He's probably a bad guy. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> he drew the anti-Semitic cartoon of you. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is a heavy accusation. It's not true. To level. It's not true. He can't draw. <laughs> that guy's a terrible drawer. He just wrote something anti-Semitic. <laughs> wow, there we untrue. go. Untrue, also this untrue. Is, this is the first time we've ever accused any particular person of being anti-Semitic. That's intense. Especially when it's clearly untrue. Yeah, That's, sorry, Gordon. That was just a joke, that man. Was just, yeah, sorry, man. I'm Jewish, so we made the joke. That's all, <laughs> okay. That's all it is. All right, moving on. Moving on. All right, so uh, Schindler's going to take a shot at this. Do you think it's because of the dryness of the board? He's just going to take a shot whenever Vogel's saying checks in a situation like I this. I think he probably is just taking a shot because he's getting he's giving himself three to one. Yeah, you he know, bets hundred k into three hundred k with his a, jack it's, high. It's a great spot. He I does mean, have two back doors. Maybe he wouldn't if he only had one back door. Yeah, I don't know. It might be a situation where he yeah. decides two back doors is good enough to take a shot for fold equity. Plus, I can build equity later. I mean, it's so cheap. He's not. I guess he's really giving himself. Uh, it's not really three to one, right? Is it? Is it really more four to one? I mean, it's three to one. Obviously, it's three. And there's three in the pot, three hundred k in the pot. One, yeah, hundred k. There you go. It's definitely three to one. Um, it's four to one if you're Vogel saying. Yes, it is. Yeah. So that's different. Yep. Okay. So yeah. So I think it's fine to bet here. Um, if we improve on the turn in any way, we can continue as uh, as Schindler, and that's cool. And if we don't, we can make a decision based on what the card is. Sounds good to me. But it's so cheap to bet here, which just doesn't have to work very often. So that's cool. That is cool. I'm down with it. I'm, I mean, it's fine to check, too. I'm diggity down with it. But I got no problem with betting. I mean, Vogelsang is usually just going to fold, right? It's a super dry board. He's going to fold a lot. When he calls or raises, it hasn't cost us much money. It just doesn't matter. And why not take a little shot at this? All right. So what do you think Vogelsang should do here? We are heads up. I mean, I think you should only ever call here. Seems right. It seems crazy to raise. What do we do if he re-raises? We, uh, we four bet. Yeah, we I block mean, top set, bro. We we just call. We just have to call him down now. We're gonna play a massive pot, an eighty-seven blind pot from our end. Sorry, it's gonna be like one hundred and fifty blind pot or something like that with one pair with no good kicker, just because we decided to. That sounds right. Terrible. I agree that with all of that, but hear me out here for oh. a second. I have some thoughts. Sure, there's they're other not, there's other ways they're not go. good thoughts, but they're just no, thoughts that float through my head. You know, talk. 
So this is a super dry board. There's really only a couple draws, and, and they're straight draws that are low straight draws, and they're uncommon to have, especially if the ace is involved, because a lot of the times an ace is going to be a raised preflop, right? Uh, yeah, a lot of the times. So 4-5 and 4-6 are really the only expected draws to show up with here. Sure. So you shouldn't really have a raising range on this board that often if you're Vogel saying, right? Because it's such a weird dry board that you're not going to have that many semi-bluffs. Well, um, you could, but because you were in the big blind and you got to see the flop with any two cards, you have all the two pairs. That's true, and that's going to really hurt my point a lot. And we know that Vogel, uh, sorry, we know that Schindler recently limped the button with ace-king. So Schindler can actually, so there's a way you could have two pair here and he could have a hand that he's never folding. That could have true. an overpair. Okay, these are fair points, but the general point I would like to make is against a good player here. It might be an interesting way to get value to raise with hands like this when you're not really supposed to raise because of the game theory disaster yeah. situation it can put you in. But Schindler might be calling down with a lot of hands because he's like, what the hell can you possibly have here? It doesn't make any sense. The question is, can you reasonably get four streets of value with this hand anyway? You have to be against a superhero who's going to hero all the time. Right. Like it's, Ryan D'Angelo with his queen high or exactly. something like that. If you got yeah. Ryan D'Angelo, maybe you should make this play. And there are certain players I think you can make this play against and have it work. We watched Daniel Negreanu do this against a few years ago. Phil Ivey? Phil, uh, against uh, Dan Coleman is what I was thinking. Ah, Dan Coleman, yes. Um, we've seen Daniel Grinder do this more than once, actually. Like, check-raise top pair successfully, you know, where he gets called by hands that are worse than his because he understands those are the kinds of players who are going to call, and Daniel wants to have more hands in his raising range that are yeah. value. Um, it means you have to be so good post-flop to be able to navigate it, though, as the pot gets really big, and you've got what becomes a sort of smaller and smaller hand compared to the size of the pot and the size of the bets that are going to be going in. You know, you yeah. have to really feel comfortable um, calling a very big bet on the river with your kind of weak hand. That, you know, it isn't weak if the pot's small, but when the pot is really big and a big bet goes in, now it's it's just a bluff catcher a lot. Right. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that Vogel saying you should just call here. Yes. I totally agree with calling. I just wanted to explore it a little bit. I in... think it's something that we take a little bit too much for granted is this notion of only ever calling flops with top pair. And I think there are certain spots where probably you should be raising, not just where you only have 15 blinds kind of a thing. Right, because when you're against these elite players, they know what all of the things traditionally mean, and right. they understand them to mean these things. And it's not a bad idea to make it harder to range you. You know, one of the things we often ask on this show is, what is the person really repping? You know, what's their value range? And their value range when they raise on the flop is always better than one pair. Yeah, um, So unless they're shallow. Unless they're shallow or they're terrible, right? But a, for a good player... But so if that's it's it's too readable actually, and so I think it's a good idea to be playing with some other hands in your value range too, and that means you can then expand your bluffing range. So if you think someone is going to call you down, then you maybe expand your value range a bit and don't expand your bluffing range so much. If you think they're less apt to call you down, you expand your bluffing range but keep your value range the same, right? I mean, yep. that's how you would do it. So that seems pretty reasonable actually. You have more bluffs than you have than you're supposed to have, or you have more value than you're supposed to have based on your opponent. It's probably better to have more value most of the time. I, I'm not saying not just more. I'm saying more oh, than you're more supposed, than you're to, supposed have. to. Yeah. So like you go from balanced to not as balanced, right? You have yeah. like twice as much value as you're supposed to have because this person never folds. Right. Right. Of course. Or yeah. vice versa. Or they they always fold. Then you can have twice as many bluffs. Yep. That's all. Yeah. All reasonable. That was theory land. Yeah. Let's get back to real land where Vogel saying makes the far more traditional decision and calls. Yeah. So the pot's 500K. We're still super deep. Schindler was the effective stack with 7.9 million. Nothing's going to happen here, this right? This feels like it's going to be a small pot. There is like a card or two that could come on the turn that would make it more interesting. And one of them comes. What? 500K in the pot. Uh, Schindler's got 
after all that theory land, we got to recap a little bit here, I think. Chino's yeah. got Jack 8 of Hearts on a 10-3 deuce, one heart board. And Vogelsang's got 10-7 offsuit. Right. The turn is a 7. It's a 7 of Hearts. It's the 7 of Hearts. That is that is, is maybe the most interesting card that of the That is deck. the card of cards. The yeah. king of kings. The the, uh, the key card in this hand is the 7 of Spades, as someone always writes. Yeah, but it's the case, 7 of Hearts this time. The 7 of Hearts, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so that gives Schindler both the gut shot and the flush draw. Yes. And obviously makes Vogelsang top two pair. Vogelsang's over the moon. Holy moly, everyone got super strong. What yep. a card. Now, this is a spot where a lot of the time I feel like you see a good player lead out. Yes. Like Vogelsang, because he just doesn't want it to go check-check against Schindler Showdownable Hands. It's going to go check-check so often here. Right? However, in a heads-up match, Schindler has a lot more air than he typically would have yeah. in a blind versus button situation. So I think... It might make more sense to check in this situation due to the amount of air Schindler can have mm-hmm. versus you don't want the showdownable hands to check back, but maybe there just aren't that many showdownable hands in Schindler's range. Also, if the showdownable hands check back, I mean, we can get uh, a bed in on the river a lot of the time against them, and they're going to at least have to consider calling. Yeah. It's fine to lead, though. I think leading is not terrible here. I, I think agree. checking is also good. I, th- I like both options. I think you should mix it up, as I'm sure Vogelsang does. Yep. To an optimal degree. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's probably not very fun at parties, though. Um, uh, you know, now that he has you know, more money, he's, won, he's already won. They both locked up $3.6 million. I didn't say he could throw fun parties. I'm saying he's not fun at parties. I'm saying it. Wow. I'm that's, saying That's it. worse than what we said about Gordon Vale. Mm, no, it is not. That's <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Depends on you know how big an insult you think that fun at parties thing is, I guess. Yeah, anyway, I guess so. Moving uh, on. So Vogelsang checks, and Schindler decides he wants to do a couple things, I guess. One of them is give himself more fold equity because he, he doesn't really want to get called if he bets here. It's not the end of the world to get called, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants Vogelsang to fold all his marginal showdownable hands at this point. Sure. And I don't know what else this is accomplishing, actually, but he bets big. Well, he, he, I thought of something else that's Okay, go ahead. So it, um, it tells a story which feels like it's saying, don't draw on me. Now, that's what an amateur, that's an amateur story, yeah. admittedly. And Vogel saying no, Schindler is not anywhere near an amateur. It's true. But um, but it, it's like, you don't, I mean, of course the back doors can be a thing. You have to think about that as Vogel saying no matter what, or or whoever the opponent is, right? To think about that. But it's not something you necessarily would expect to be a big part of Schindler's range. It would be like, if a heart comes on the river, we wouldn't necessarily see that and, and be too worried about it. Or if the straight comes on the river, it'd be, it'd be hard to like know that that's the deal. Like a 10 comes on the river, be like, oh, no, a straight came in. Like, well, yeah, of course it could have. But And Schindler, in theory, can have anything, but it's yeah. not a big part of his range. And so by betting bigger, I feel like it, um, it bloats the pot. So if we get there on the river, we have an opportunity to make a bigger bet, and also we can bluff bigger. These are both true. So I guess the next thing I would want to ask about that is, what do you think Schindler's range is when he bets this big? He bets 80% of the pot. Yeah. Here. I mean, Schindler seems to be saying right now, I have at least a good 10, right? Yeah. In terms of, in terms of his value side. You wouldn't right, expect like, him to be... Like queen 10 or better type of hand? Yeah. Like, maybe jack 10. We're heads up. Maybe we can have jack 10 too, or even 10-9. Maybe. But it seems like hard to imagine it be any worse than that very often. Maybe it's any 10. Maybe, it's, maybe we're heads up and it's any 10. But, like, top pair feels like the bottom of his value range here, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. I don't think he's betting a turn to seven like this or anything like that. Right. You just don't have to. Like no, you there's usually no, check no back your, your worst one pair of hands or bet small. Yep. 
Yep, that all seems reasonable. So he has those. He probably has all the flush draws, too. Any flush draw that he has, he's probably going to play like this, not just combo draws, I would assume. Right. Because he wants the fold equity. He wants all the benefits. Sure. Now, I don't know if he's always going to bet this big with just the flush draw, but yeah, he really might. He might. Maybe not with the A-side flush draw where he feels like he has showdown value. Maybe he feels more okay with, with Vogelsang calling in those spots. Mm-hmm. And with you know these non-showdownable flush draws, he decides to bet a bit bigger, pump up the fold equity. He also might sometimes check his A-side flush draws on the turn. He very well might. For trickery. Yeah. And also, you know, we're showdownable. Yeah. Anyway, he bets big. 80% of pot. No, yeah. Vogelsang's got a decision here. And it's not going to be fold, obviously. I mean, I think the fact that Schindler decides to bet big makes it a little bit easier of a decision for Vogelsang. He's like, I hope you don't have a set of deuces, buddy. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if he's got you, he's got you. Yeah, you figure, like, we're just going broke anyway. It's like, a super dry board. We have top two. So be it. I mean, it's heads up, whatever. Yeah. Like, you're just not going to fold. Uh and the fact that Schindler bets big means that he likely either has... He's polarized, right? Yeah. And so polarized is good. If we were to call this bet, I'm not sure how often Schindler's going to bluff the river right. if we call this bet. Seems unlikely. We're committing a fair amount now to this pot where we didn't have to. So it feels like Schindler's got a pretty good hand a lot, or we're not going to get any more chips out of his bluffs that often anyway. So this feels like a really good time to race. Yeah, and uh, Vogelsang certainly believes that Schindler has something, at least a fair amount of the time, that he can call with because he raises big. He raises to 1.5 million over the 400k bet. Yeah. That's a very large raise. Yeah. So what do you think about that? I, I mean, I like it for all the reasons I just said. That, like, if Schindler's got a good 10, he probably can't fold to this raise, even though it sucks. He might fold the river, but yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's close. If he has ace 10, I don't know if he can fold. Ace-10 is, like, the best bluff catcher, right? Yeah. I mean, essentially, and it sucks, but, like, you figure Vogelsang never has a worse hand for value, and this is, like, the best of the hands. This is, like, one notch worse than the than the worst value hands Vogelsang can really have because he might be doing this with any two pair yeah. on the turn. So that may make it the best bluff catcher. Uh, yeah, also, if we have a 10, we block some stuff, and we have some outs that we otherwise wouldn't have. So we really have to call, I think, with ace Well, probably any 10, but certainly with the ace-10. All right, well, how about with Schindler's particular hand here? I mean, it's not comfortable that the sizing is this big, and now things just got real from a small pot, and we have jack high here. I mean, we have a combo draw, but it's jack high, and we only have one card to come. But I kind of like the fact that we're relatively deep still, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, how much are we going to have as Schindler if we call this bet? What if we, we call left? this bet, we're going to have uh, 6.2. I mean, so we still have 62 blinds we can get in. Yeah. Really? That much? We yep. started with, wow. That's 79 amazing. blinds was yeah, the effective okay. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of blinds. And we're actually going to know where we are in the hand most of the time. Now, if we hit a jack or an eight, it's not a great spot. If we, we hit a jack, we probably have to call and hit our lives. I don't know if we do. We can consider it. We How can consider that? it, yeah. I mean, obviously, if we, make, if we make either of our draws, we almost always have the best hand. And we're going to be very happy yeah. to go it's with gonna it. It's going to be hard to get paid on hearts, but on the straight, it's like the non-heart straight is the dream card. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a heart comes, Vogelsang will check, and we can probably get something. If we yeah. bet small. And it depends on how strong we think he is. It's really hard to get all of it unless it's the non-hard straight, though. I agree. I agree. We need we got three outs to potentially getting the whole thing. Yeah. Right. If it's it's a nine, if a nine comes, right? Right. But against Vogelsang's particular hand, it might be hard to get it, even if the nine comes, because then Schindler can have ten nine. He could. But I mean Vogelsang's gonna have to maybe we can't get all of it, but we can get a nice chunky bet we can in get if a nice nine chunk. comes. Yeah. And, you know, if, like, it's possible Vogelsang's going to bet and then not know what to do if we move in. I mean, he, yep. he'll know what to do, but, like, normal humans wouldn't know what to do. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, calling him human's a bit of a stretch. Okay, fair yeah. enough. You've seen those glasses and that, those eyes. 
The glasses have nothing to do with it. The eyes are dead, man. They they are. He's Shark just, eyes. He's just thinking about GTO. <laughs> just like calculating, calculating, bad. Uh, so so I feel like it's a pretty straightforward call, and we we don't love the fact that the pot is inflated unless we get there, and then we love the fact the fact that the pot is inflated, and we're going to get there like one out of every three times. It's not so bad. It's not so bad, and I think it's kind of a mandatory call. It's absolutely mandatory, especially this deep. Can you move in or make a big three bet instead? We can, but the problem is Vogel saying when he raises here, ugh. Like, if he has value, he's never folding, right? He's not folding any no, of his value. I don't expect in. value to be folding. I mean, if is, he has bottom gonna, two... Is he going to raise one pair ever here? Probably not. I don't believe so. Not on the turn one. I mean, so he's, he can't raise fold two pair on the super dry board. Seems hard to imagine. It, it may be bottom two. He might be able to raise fold. But everything else... Maybe. If he has a raise folding hand, it's bottom two, I guess. Right. And I don't know if even that's in there. He may just feel like, I'm heads up. It's near the top of my range, I call. Yeah. Because I, if I... if Honestly, if Vogelsang would be opening, him raising preflop with every pocket pair most of the time anyway yeah then he almost never can have sets yeah then like bottom two is still like almost at the very top of his range i wonder if he would raise bottom two then if he would have to raise fold it he might just call it he might or he might just feel like i raise call it off because it's still near the top of my range i guess i guess that's so. just how it is you know yeah like if, if i'm cool if he has a better better than my two pairs so be it like what am i gonna do yep just gonna cry a little bit i yeah. guess you know, maybe he has jacks, and he just we just get it. I mean, he shouldn't play jacks like this. No, Schindler's he, never going to move in with jacks. That's, no, he's never. Schindler's ever. never moving in with a worse hand for value is the problem. Yeah, but anyway, um, I mean, Schindler could considerably could consider moving in here. I think it's not insane, but against a guy like Vogel saying where we're in position, we're going to get there a lot anyway. I mean, one of the good things about moving in is that the heart comes, we get it all. If we we do. Called. We do. That's true. So there's that value. If Vogel saying super GTO, that means he has bluffs here, even though it seems hard to have. Correct. Bluffs. That's right. Um, which means that there's still there's then fold equity, which makes the move in a little bit better than it is against your typical player who's almost always going to have it with this sizing on this board. But Vogel saying, I guess if he's super GTO, can't always have it. The other side of it, though, is if he's super GTO, that means he's going to have bluffs. And if we miss the river, Vogel saying is going to give up sometimes on his bluffs. That's true. He's not always going to fire the river. He's only going to fire with some of his bluffs. That's what GTO players do. Right, but then we bet. I mean, are we going to bet then? It's, it really looks, a, it feels a lot like Vogelsang is probably going to check call after that line. And we bet pretty big. I yeah, think. I guess we, so. We might move in or bet. Maybe we can't move in. No, actually. we can't move in. But, but we can bet really big. We can bet, you know, because we obviously have a hand. Yeah. Like, it isn't like we don't have anything. We right. just call the race. Yeah, We have a big point. hand, too. Fair point. It's unclear what we have, but we have something really good. So... If Vogelsang doesn't have a lot, he's going to have to give it up. Anyway, Some of the time, anyway. Schindler decides to call. It seems right. It seems against Vogelsang specifically, I think moving in is actually a little better than it is against the average player, but I think calling is probably right. Here's another thought, too, that uh, Schindler could at least consider, which is if I miss the river, I could just move in on him. Like, because he's going to have bluffs some of the time and, and he's going to yeah. bet. I can move in and get him off some of his value, and he's going to have flush draws that missed that he decided to play like this, you know. And other things that missed, and instead of me getting bluffed, he gets bluffed. Yeah. So the part of the plan could be not on every river, but on a lot of rivers. When I miss, I can move in, and it's going to be hard for him. So yeah. that's, an, that's just another thought. I don't know if he's actually thinking that, but that's a way to deal with this. We're heads up. I mean, if I move in, it's super strong. What's he? What can he call me with? Kind of a thing. Now, turns out with this hand, he can probably he can call you it. with a. Now I don't know if an ace comes on the river. He bets we move in. What's he supposed to do? Right. That's a bad spot. 
Yeah, he might he might not even bet with an ace coming on the river. Actually, yeah. right. He may after check after such big bets going on the turn. Right. So if an ace comes on the river, we're probably are gonna and he checks. We're probably gonna bluff it as Jake and and he's gonna call and we're gonna lose the hand. But that's a good try. Yeah. Anyway, let's stop yeah. with this child's play. All right. This all this crap is dumb and I hate it. And we should talk about the river because that's where that's where the real giants play around. That's the <laughs> that's the pool that the kids are swimming in these days. The well, the kids swimming the flop in the turn. I'm talking about real. Adults here on the river. Kitty game is down the street. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. What I'm saying is this is a crazy river. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Um, so the card itself isn't that crazy. No, it's not. It's just that these guys, you know, go a little bonkers. Let's get to it. Pot's 3.5 million now. Things got real because of the sizing on the turn. Vogelsang has 10-7 off suit. Yes, he does. And uh, the the flop was 10-3 deuce rainbow with one heart. Turn was a seven of hearts, giving Vogelsang top two. And Schindler, who has jack eight of hearts, a combo draw. Hello. Hello. And now the river is the deuce of clubs, pairing the deuce. What the heck? Okay. How many? Why? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're Vogelsang. You just check raised. You got called. You're sure you have the best hand on the turn almost always. The I mean, river is against Schindler slightly concerning because Schindler does have overpairs in his range. We know that he limps a lot of hands on the button, including Ace King. That means he probably has overpairs in his range here. That is true, but there's not much like that deuce doesn't really do a whole lot for Schindler besides that, right? Like yeah. Schindler almost never has uh, a weird two pair that included the deuce on the turn. There is actually a bunch of combos, depending on Schindler's limping range, which might include all suited deuces, because the deuce is the non hard on the flop. Yeah. So it would make complete sense for Schindler to have trip deuces here. But he just called a check raise on the turn, a really big check raise after he bet big. Is he really going to do that with a deuce? I think that's... With deuce X of hearts. Deuce X of hearts, exactly. Oh, okay. Which okay. he might have all of. He could have those. Okay, that's right. Sorry. That makes sense. That's the only deuce he can really have. Yeah. Right? Because the flop was 10... 10, 3, deuce. Yeah, he doesn't have 3, deuce. Unless no. it's 3, deuce suited. No, he very rarely has that. But he, he might have all of the deuce 4 of hearts in better hands. Okay. And then he's going to maybe bet the turn like that and call. He has to call with the deuce X of hearts. He has to call. And then he rivers the deuce for trips. Okay. That's possible. That is possible. So that and overpairs are a concern for Vogelsang. Right. Now, the good news is for Vogelsang is we can bet here and essentially set the price, right? If Schindler has an overpair, which I don't know. Schindler was sometimes raising and sometimes limping. So it's possible he can limp an overpair, but he's also going to raise that sometimes. And he right. limped. He probably has like seven or eight combos of overpairs. Okay, something like that. I don't think that Schindler can raise with an overpair, and we're gonna so there, so a bet's going in if Schindler has an overpair. Either way, we're not gonna fold. I wanna if we check. I wanna question that a little bit. Okay, but let's question that later when it's gonna be more relevant. Got it. Okay, um, so let's talk about what happens. Great. All right? Or did you have more to say on that? No, no, it's fine. Okay. Um, sorry about that. Cut you off a little bit. I'm quietly resenting you. Oh, okay. Well, that's been going on for a while anyway. I've mostly been doing it loud, just not around you. <laughs> Telling everyone I could find. <laughs> Texting my wife and stuff like, why are you with that guy? What is with him? He's annoying, that guy. You don't like him, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Vogelsang decides to go for value. Probably just trying to get value from a 10, mostly, is what he expects Schindler to show up with if he calls. Yeah. Or a superhero call of some type. I mean, once Schindler calls there, he's got... He's got a lot of 10s in his range, even though there's only two 10s left in the deck. He still just has a lot of them, He right? does. Yeah. He does. So Vogelsang bets 2.3 into 3.5, continuing the pretty large sizing that's been going on in this hand on the turn and river. I mean, this isn't nearly as large as the the 400k. I mean, whatever. It's pretty big. It's but. a big river bet. Okay. Yeah. And uh, 
so Jake Schindler is stuck there with Jack High. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that sucks. I guess uh, on to the next one, right? I mean, that's a reasonable decision. It's just to throw your hand away. You still have 62 blinds. Right. You called on the turn mostly to hit, right? It was mo- You're mostly thinking, okay, I hope I hit. I mean, I did say that Jake could decide to move in on a lot of rivers. Yeah, you said right? that with some prior knowledge. Um, yeah, I know what happens. Yeah, in <laughs> yeah you correct. know. I know exactly what happens. So what happens is Jake moves in. Just to spoil that, since we already have. Uh, Jake moves in, and uh, <laughs> Grant has drank a little water and is now coughing like a crazy person. Down the wrong hole. <laughs> these are, these, we don't edit these things, people. We just uh, We just <laughs> roll with them. This is proof. <laughs> I hope your voice never changes from I that. I don't know. It might take a little while. Woo. You sounded like an old man. You there. guys know what that's like. Everybody likes a relatable podcaster, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's me. The You're guy that guy. You're like, drank wow. water incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are, we, anyway. what are we talking about? So, Schindler moves in Schindler with moves his in jack high here on for the For $6.2 million over the $2.3 million bet. So, if you're Schindler, let's before we get into what Vogel's saying does or doesn't do, let's talk about why we might be moving in and what we're hoping to happen. Obviously, we're hoping for a fold, but why do we think this might work? I have a couple theories. Go. I think Vogel's saying <clears throat> Vogel's saying's only deuces in his hand are deuce three or deuce ten. The way he played the hand, um, he can have he could have seven deuce or seven deuce. Yes, man, my voice is not coming back. It's st- it's staying there. Okay, slowly coming back. Um. So yeah, those are those are all possible, but that's not a ton of combos. No. So we think Vogelsang is a little bit more capped than we are, perhaps. Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So as I was beginning to talk about before, if we think Vogelsang rarely has a deuce, like if he has a deuce, it has to be a full house deuce, right? Yes. That means that we have more deuces than he does if we have all the deuce X of hearts hands. Unless Vogelsang, do you think Vogelsang would play the deuce X of hearts hands like this? I was wondering that as you started to say that. I think it's at least possible. But it's a big bet on the turn, and you can just call and see the river and and be ahead sometimes if you're Vogel saying you can. But you may also decide I have I had showdownable value, but now that he bets 400k, it's not really showdownable value. Like, am I going to go call call with just a deuce? Mostly, I'm not. So you might de- guess, you might okay. decide to turn it into a bluff. It seems unlikely. I think I think mostly you're just going to call here with it. That kind of ruins my whole thing. I think, I think mostly you're going to call. Yeah, I think you mostly are going to call. So I think. Really what Schindler is thinking, and maybe all of these things are true that we're saying, and it's not quite as good of a point as I thought it was going to be, but he's thinking Vogelsang often doesn't have trips or better. It's very hard for him to have that. Yeah. And Schindler can scare a lot of those hands off because, and this is the point I wanted to, to get to, do you think Schindler would ever play over pairs like this? Would he move in for value on the river with an over pair when the deuce pairs? I really don't believe that he You don't would. think he would? I don't think he would. I think it's like... Even though you think it might work, it's what are you going to get called by that this is going to work out super well? Like, aren't we, if we have two jacks here or two queens, I mean, aren't we just going to call? Why would we want to put, like, every time we're beat, we get snapped. Every time we're ahead, we rarely get called. We might get called once in a while, but not too often. I mean, Vogelsang can put us on a misdrawing call. Right. Yeah. That's all he can do. Right. Um, but Vogelsang himself can have misdraws. I mean, I guess that's always true, but. Yeah. He, I mean, I just, I really think we're just calling once we get check raised big on the turn when we have an overpair. We just come, we're like, oh, that may be a good card for me. I call. Yeah, I, I, I hope I hope you have tens and sevens or ace ten or something, buddy, or Mr. Draw. Yeah, I call. I why, guess. why would you move in? I understand that in this exact case with Vogelstein's per, exact hand, moving in would be ideal with two jacks. But 
How many hands can Vogelsang have that we can move in comfortably here and get called I by? Think be- the hero? I think just because uh, we know as Schindler, like I don't think Vogelsang would check an overpair preflop, right? I don't think so either. Okay, so let's assume that for a second. Okay, fine. So Vogelsang doesn't have any overpairs. Great. And it's hard for Vogelsang to have a deuce because he has. N- he, we don't think he has any one pair deuces that turn it into trips. Right. Because he's probably, even with deuce X of hearts, check calling the turn. Right. So his he he actually has the best hand we expect him to show up with, which is 10-7. Um, it was 10-3 deuce? Yeah. He could have pocket threes. I guess he could have specifically pocket That's threes. That's like the one hand. Yeah. Um, I guess he could have deuce three. That's the other hand, right? Yeah, he can have the deuce X full house oh, hands. Deuce, okay, okay. Yeah, but not just trip deuces usually. Right. Yeah. So because Vogelsang usually doesn't have better than a two-pair hand... We can maybe say we would play over pairs like this because he has two, a two pair type hand really frequently, or a one mm-hmm. pair type hand that is now two pair because the two, the deuce paired. I mean, I'd be really worried about the game theory disaster of moving in here. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, and I don't. I mean, I understand it's heads up. I get that, and I understand that Vogel thing may be heroing a fair amount because he's GTO and all that. But still, I'd be very worried about the game theory disaster, especially against a game theory optimal player putting yourself in a spot where. All his better hands are going to call instantly. Like they have, trip deuces are going to have to find a call. Yes, I agree with that. So they're going to hate their life unless they're ace deuce, but they're going to have to find a call anyway. Right, but we don't expect him to show up with it. We do not expect him to show up with it. That's true. Um, so, I mean, there aren't very many of those hands, but it's just maybe this is the reason to move in as a bluff, actually. is like, well, he doesn't have trip deuces, he has almost no full houses. Everything else is going to really have a hard time calling, so I can just move in, and what are you going right. to do? We don't That's need to talk about the overpair as much anymore, but I just wanted to explore that. Yeah. Um, so what is he truly repping? Because I think it's, overpairs is probably a bit broad for him to be repping. I think he's mostly repping deuce X of hearts. I mean, I feel like he's not even really trying to rep anything. I feel like it's more like a, you just don't have it enough here, Christoph. This is like a bad card for you. No, that can't be all it is. I mean, I think he's repping deuce X of hearts. You don't think so? I mean... He thought I mean, this through. He's Jake Schindler. I mean, they don't have a lot of time. No, I know. They which... have 30 seconds, and they don't have any time extension. Christoph is completely out of time extension, yeah, I which I think plays into this, too, by the way. And it's possible Schindler thinks, like, well, if I move in, he's not going to be able to hero me with one pair as easily because he's not going to have minutes to think about it. He's got 30 seconds, or his hand is dead. Right, okay. But, I mean, as a top player like Jake Schindler, he's at least thinking about what he's repping. Of course he is. But so, I'm what saying, is so what is that? Is I don't know. Okay. It's really hard to come up with hands, except maybe he could have um, he could have pocket threes and okay. have slow played the turn. He could have 10 deuce suited, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's not much else he could... I guess, like we're saying, su- the suited deuces in general. Uh, and you don't, I think, you don't I guess, think he can have every deuce X of hearts? No, he can. I okay. think he can. Uh, he might decide to check the deuce X of hearts on the turn sometimes. He might. That's true. But he might he might bet it because yeah, he, he picks up some equity. But he might just check it to be like, I have showdownable. And he might not even bet that on the flop, honestly, the deuce. But he might. They're heads up. He might just bet it's it. It's super dry board. Yeah, it's, it's fine to bet. 100K. Like, who cares? I think uh, it's reputable to say that he could play it that way. He might not play it that way every time. Fair enough. Yeah. I agree. Right. So, so, so okay. So he can have some trip deuces. The deuce X of hearts... A few other full house combos, a few other deuce combos. Nope, can't really have any other deuce no, combos. No, no, no deuce combos. Except three deuce exactly. Yeah. Suited, I guess. The yeah. three deuce suited. Which maybe. is a full house combo. Yeah, right. Um, but that's it, right? Yeah. Pocket trays. Those are the hands he can have here. And guess who doesn't have much time to think about that? 
Christoph Vogelsang, because right. as you said, he has 30 seconds and he's used all his time extensions. Yeah. So that may you you were theorizing that that might play into Schindler doing this, thinking that Vogelsang is going to fold more often because yeah. of that. I mean, I think in this exact case, it actually is going to hurt Schindler because Vogelstein is just going to have to, when he only has 30 seconds, he's going to have to think, I'm near the top of my range. I know what to do with that. Versus like think the hand through more and maybe, you know, get more subtle yeah. with the whole thing. But if, if Vogelstein had a one pair hand here or no pair hand, obviously he's going to fold all no pair hands. Yeah. If he had the ace 10 somehow and played it like this, right? Which is not completely impossible. It's not impossible. I I'd... think he probably has to fold ace 10 most of the time, right? Like... Ace ten is not a good spot, and you may think like oh, I have better hands than this. I fold, you know. And I, I only have three seconds, right? So if Schindler thinks he can get Vogelsang off all one pair of hands, well, they're all two pair of hands. But... I mean, here's the problem though: like, is Vogelsang even raising Ace ten on the turn? I don't know. I don't know, man. After Schindler bets four hundred k, like, I don't know if I buy that. Also, Vogelsang might have raised Ace ten pre flop. I mean, this is all very questionable. This this theory that I'm I'm putting out here, right? Yep. So Vogelsang calls. He calls, and uh, yeah. guess and what? It. Tournament's over. Yeah. $2.4 million more for Vogelsang than for Schindler. He seemed happy about it. I'm not going to lie. He uh, celebrated like a, like a guy who doesn't know how to celebrate very well, is <laughs> what I would say. Yeah, he really let himself be a little bit happy about that yeah. one. It's true. It was a bit awkward to watch, but you know, good for him. He made $6 million. I mean, it's a big, it's a big win. It's a big win. So I, I understand think it. I'm, I'm like the ultimate non-celebrator in poker, but I might have had like a little celebration for that one. Yeah. It's possible. I mean, also, it's not like you got it all in and then the cards ran out. It's like you made a you made not a hero call, but a guy bluffed you and you made the big call to right. win the tournament. So, like, I can understand also feeling like like he tried to trick me. I didn't get tricked. Yeah, you know, yes, <laughs> I, I could. I understand that a little bit more. Still, I mean, yeah, I don't celebrate ever in those spots. But at least not when You've I never six, been in this. Spot. When I no, <laughs> when I win six million dollars. I have never celebrated, not once. That's a good I've point. Kept it, I've, I've never. Kept it. Every time you've won six million dollars, I have not seen you celebrate. Thank you. Yeah. And by the way, same, same here. Yeah. And yeah. Cool. I've anyway, Volkswagen used almost his entire time. It would be interesting to know if he still would have called if he had three minutes to think about it. I believe he ultimately would have found a call, right? Um, because I don't think Schindler plays his overpairs like this. So now we're down to trip deuces and some weird full houses. And that's it, right? And for value. And then the misdraws for not value. And the hearts. Hearts just make sense, right? Is this a big mistake from Schindler? He's not blocking anything. I mean, here's the thing. Like we were saying, we're talking about ace-10 a lot, but I just don't think... I think Vogelsang has two pair of better for value when he raises the turn, right? And, the, and those aren't going to fold. So, so you're just re-bluffing the bluffs. You're, yeah, you're, you're just trying to move him off his bluffs. If you think he's perfectly balanced then this probably works about the right amount of time that it's okay. Yeah, I suppose so. But it would, but you would like to have blockers to something, like maybe turn I mean, turn we, like a three into a bluff. We blocked some of the flush draws, actually. We yeah, go that's, the, other that's way. the reverse blocker. Yeah, we don't like there's that. There's like less outs for Volusane to have hearts now. That's yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, but he could have straight draws, although we block some of the straight outs, too. I mean, we, block, I mean, we actually he, block all his bluffing outs. He doesn't have the straight draws. Not usually. He'd have to have two back doors in the flop to have the straight draws. Uh, the flop was, yeah, 10-3 deuce. Yeah. You're right. He could have the 8-9 of hearts. He cannot. We have the 8 of hearts. Yeah. He could have the 9-6 of hearts, yeah. I guess. Which or we, the jack-9 well, of hearts. we could just call then, bro. Yeah, jack-9 of hearts. can't have jack-9 of hearts. hearts. He we could have... decide. Oh, no, we can't have jack-9 of yeah. hearts. Right. So it's 9-6 of hearts. That's like it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Jeez, that's one combo that makes that's a combo draw anyway that he decides to do it. He could have, um, yeah, it's hard to come up with anything else, isn't it? He could just have two big hearts in his hand, like king, king nine of hearts or something. I guess. Involved. I guess, but I don't know. It seems like we should have blockers if we're going to do this of some type. I agree. So maybe this is a bad move. Anyway. It might be. Yeah, it's great. It's a great move in for Vogel saying because he gets to win the super high roller bowl. That's is pretty it pop? Cool. Sorry, is it possible that Schindler like sees the deuce pair, sees Vogel saying bet, and just thinks like, what? Yeah. What are you supposed to have that you feel comfortable betting this deuce now? Right. Should, like, how do you ever have a deuce? Aren't you afraid of me having a deuce? I'm all in. Yeah. That's not crazy. That's like, not crazy. Against amateurs, I think that way a lot, where I'm like, come on, what story are you telling here, buddy? Right. But we have to be clear that these guys know each other and know that neither player is an amateur. Yes, and, and Vogelsang knows what he's doing. So Vogelsang, the thing is, Vogelsang may feel forced to bet all his bluffs anyway, or almost yep. all his bluffs anyway here. So Schindler may think like his value range shrinks up a bit when that deuce comes, but his bluffing range stays the same. Yeah, no. So uh, I can move in. I don't Jack know. High might be ahead, but might as well move in just in case. I mean, we're not going to call. We could call me here. He's so he's, sick. If he called, he would still have chips, baby. That is true. If yeah. he called, Schindler might be the winner. Then it wouldn't be all over, baby. But instead, he called and it was all over, baby. Yep. Yeah, just like uh, Scotty wins opponent, Mike, somebody runs some guy who nobody cares about anymore. The guy said, I call, I play the board. That's a dumb. That's a bad idea. <laughs> Don't do that. All right. Uh, I think we've we've done this one. Yeah, we've finished it. We've uh, dived, dove deep. We dove the depths of the Super High Roller Bowl and we came out alive. Yes, we did. With more money than we started. I mean, have you checked the stock market and price of Bitcoin over the course of the podcast? Um, No. So no, other than that, I don't know. I don't know how we could know that I'm we have more optimistic. money. Optimistic. Oh, okay. That's Hopefully, me. more money than we started the podcast with. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we're done. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor. A quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the.